This is Across the Street, Across the Country, a production of DKI Canada. What's that expression again, many hands make for light work? For sure, DKI teams across Canada use many skilled, experienced, and careful hands when restoring houses, businesses, and lives. Hands that do the demolition, the cleaning, the pumping, the drilling, the hammering. Hands that do a lot of heavy lifting. But DKI also relies on a lot of hands on the wheel. The project manager who drives from site to site, overseeing, guiding more than a few restoration projects running concurrently. Hands that carry clipboards and file folders and phones. Hands that will also put those down when their crews need an extra set of hands. On today's program, we meet with one such DKI project manager who took time between inspecting restoration sites and crews to shed light on what that multitasking, multi-guiding gig is like. My name is Denis Grignon, and this is Across the Street, Across the Country. Hi, Steve. Hi, how are you? I'm well, and yourself? Good, good. Okay, well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time. It's a gray, cold day. The kind of cold that keeps your hands in your pockets because it's still autumn, so you don't think you really need gloves. It's that kind of day when I meet Steve Martell, estimator slash project manager with DKI Novatech in his hometown. Are you an Ottawa guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I live but basically born and raised in, in Ottawa. Um, and then kind of early on in the pandemic, we moved. I'm here to learn how and why PMs, project managers, do what they do. The challenges, but also the rewards. To get a snapshot into a PM's day. This PM is soft-spoken with an easygoing, kind of calming manner. Steve is 41, but you'd be forgiven for thinking he's at least five or six years younger. Until he tells you that he and his wife, Chantel, are parents to 21-year-old Sierra. They also have a 12-year-old son, Landon. It's about 10 a.m., but Steve has already been on the road for about three hours. It's a job that has his hands on the steering wheel a lot. Uh, basically from one end of the city to the other. <laughs> you can be, like this morning, I, I, well, I live in Armpire. I had to go all the way out to Orleans. Which is the other side the of Ottawa. The other side of Ottawa, yeah. And then kind of come back west um, to downtown area um, to do this site inspection here. But that's, I mean, typically we try to plan our days as best as possible. So you're kind of focused all in one area in a day. But unfortunately, it doesn't always work out that way. And we do seem to be bouncing around Quite a lot. <laughs> well, given the nature of your business, you're, yeah. you're dealing with uh, disasters of different sizes. So, how, right. how much can you plan uh, to expect that you, to stay when you, you might get a call saying, okay, you're in Orleans, now yeah. we need you back out yeah. in Winchester or Arn Prior? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You, you can't plan your day. You try to plan as best as possible, but you get a wrench thrown in your day almost every single day. So, you just kind of got to roll with the punches and uh, just do the best you can. <laughs> what was today like for you then when you woke up and you knew you were starting today? Yeah, well, it was like? good. I always wake up positive, ready to start the day. Um, How yeah. important is that? Very important. Yeah, 
very important. We have to stay, you know, basically uh, feel as strong as we can each day and just do the best we can each day. And yeah, you, you got to stay positive. (laughs) Do you in fact have weekends yourself? We, We do. We do, but you do still have to do a little bit of work as well. Like last week, my main team was on holidays. Um, so they were just coming back today to, to back to work. So I had to kind of plan where was the best site for them to start today, you know, um, as well as plan my own day. So it's, uh, yeah. We're just outside a tall building in the Byward Market, about a 10-minute walk from Parliament Hill. Steve is here to check on the progress made so far by his crew, one of his crews, on a restoration. We take the elevator up 12 floors to a Tony condo apartment in a Tony new condo high-rise. DKI Novatech was recruited after a minor flood caused some not-so-minor damage to an apartment. It's an example that not all restorations are the result of a major disaster, but it also becomes clear that all restorations, regardless of their scale, get Steve's same attention to detail. This one here was a refrigerator malfunction, so it had a leak at the bottom of the fridge that basically leaked out into the majority of the unit. Um, It was primarily uh, engineered wood flooring that had to be removed and replaced. It didn't impact drywall too, too much, but you'll see when we're in the unit, there's some walls where we had to cut at baseboard height just to inject air into the wall cavities to, to dry them out. So, yeah. What's your mindset when you walk into a place like this for the first time? You got that call, they say, refrigeration problem leaking, yeah. and you're coming up the elevator now with a clipboard or notes. What's your mindset as you went as you walk in for the first time? Uh, basically just wondering if they've done any mitigation work on their own at this point, or if we're going into, you know, uh, a unit that's still got standing water. <laughs> okay. So. <clears throat> I imagine you've seen disasters that are much bigger than what they expected and possibly vice versa. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've done large fire losses where the homes had to be torn right down to the foundation. So definitely those are the ones that stand out the most over the years, for sure. Here we enter. Okay. Oh, this is uh, a new unit, so people are not living here. No, they're not living here. Uh, They moved out while the um, restoration work is is taking place, just because all of their content had to be taken out of the unit, and all of the floor had to be removed and replaced. So there was no way for them to stay in the unit throughout that, uh, that process. This is actually the second flood that they've gone through in, in the building. So they're very familiar with the, the process already. Have you dealt with them each time? No, the last time their their insurance company had sent a different preferred vendor. So, yeah. Okay, so when you yeah. enter a place like that, and let's mm-hmm. say I'm that person who, who suffered through two floods, mm-hmm. uh, outside of just knowing what to do with the mm-hmm. physical structure, how mm-hmm. are you dealing with that person who's gone through this twice? And you're nodding your head, so you know there's there's obviously a lot more than just yeah. swinging a hammer here. Yeah, well, this client specifically, they're very laid back. <laughs> so that makes this sort of experience uh, much easier to deal with because they, they don't, um, they weren't as impacted as a typical homeowner. A lot of homeowners, when they go through something like this, they, they just panic, right? They lose control. They totally break down these homeowners. They, they've been through it before and they are very laid back people to begin with. So they kind of just take it for what it is. And uh, yeah. But you don't know that going in. No, you're you not... don't. You don't. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So how do you deal with that then? I mean, you're, yeah. you're the project manager. It's your job to make sure mm-hmm. that the, the, the place is brought back to its original state. And now yeah. you're almost having to play psychologist. Um, it's, yeah, I guess you were kind of our psychologists in a way. Yeah, for sure. You just try to be as down to earth with homeowners as you can and just try to feel their pain. Unit's been completely emptied out, so the floor has already been removed and replaced in its entirety. Um, So today I was just coming to confirm that that was all done. Um, I did receive word from the flooring vendor that the wrong moldings were sent. So like at the transition here to the kitchen. Does that happen often, Steve, or it's just these little things that... It does. Hiccups? It does, unfortunately, especially since the pandemic started getting materials has been that much more challenging. A lot of the times materials will finally arrive and they do end up being the wrong uh, material, which in this case, it was just the wrong color. It's the bright moldings. Everything's perfect. Right here. But no, 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 that they're not here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the molding should match basically this color of the floor. They, they weren't the right color. So the flooring subtrade had to order custom moldings that are the right color. So now we're basically waiting for those in, in hopes that they're going to be here sooner rather than later. Is that part <laughs> of the contingency? I, I know when most people do renovations, yeah. myself included, and I got an estimate for some work and I'm already thinking 10% more. Mm-hmm. Is this part of, of your process too, to know that, all right, something's going to go wrong. Something's going to be different. Yes. But when we start these projects, we do kind of have to give an overall timeline, right? Start date and completion date. So it's not like we can tap on extra weeks onto that completion date to anticipate shortfalls like this. So do you so I, a little I bit? do a little bit, but unfortunately in this case, it's we don't know exactly when these moldings are going to arrive. So at this point, I can't give the homeowner an exact date as to when that part is going to be complete. But I mean, they're molding so we can at least um, finish the remainder of the work, get all their belongings back in so they can move back home. And then we'll Okay, so walk me through here, uh, Steve, when you walked into this little, I guess we can call this a kitchenette. What did you see when you first walked in here? Uh, The fridge was away from the wall uh, because the homeowners attempted to do some initial mitigation work on their own. So they had already pulled the fridge out to try to see where the water was leaking from. Okay, I saw you raise your eyebrows when you said that they attempted to do some work on their own. Does that happen often? Yeah, it does. And to be honest, for the most part, it, it does help because the most important thing is at least getting that standing water picked up right away especially in a high rise like this this the quicker you deal with that standing water the better otherwise it's spreading to the adjacent units as well as below so the quicker you can deal with the water in your unit the better chance of saving the, the surrounding uh, the surrounding units right so it sounds like they were probably away for a couple of days and came back to find this. they not a couple of days they had left that morning everything was fine came back later in the day and that's when they saw the the water on on the floor water. yeah basically a puddle bowl when i walked in they already done that initial cleanup of the water so there was no standing water at that point so they had cleaned up the water they had pulled out the fridge confirmed that it was a leak from the fridge isolated the the source of the water Um, and then they just did their best to try to clean things up for the time being until we we got here and did the necessary removal work put the drying equipment in and uh, started to get that little slow trickle just throughout the day that's it it was enough yeah i guess it was a more than a trickle enough that uh that yeah it's it had spread throughout a good part of the uh the the unit as a project manager Mm -hmm. on that whole scale of fire mold water in terms of the disasterness of it all, where does yeah. water fit into it? I mean, it, it can be 
on the the top of the scale for sure, depending on the severity, right? It's uh, sometimes we get into water losses where it's originated from the top level of a building and it was such a large scale, like a pipe rupture from a main stack that it's flooded right down to the lobby of the building, right? So in a case like that, that's a very large water loss. So really, in the grand scheme of things, this wasn't, and I don't want to diminish it for the homeowners, but when you walked in here, you probably thought, okay, this is something we can handle. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. what did you do? You pulled this out and, and is this new slate uh, nope. flooring I'm nope. looking at now? This was installed directly on the concrete substrate. So as long as it's installed properly, typically water can't penetrate beneath, which in this case, the, the it was installed very well. Water didn't penetrate underneath. So this uh, slate floor wasn't impacted whatsoever. Um, engineered wood, unfortunately, though, again, it's installed on a concrete substrate, but the water does penetrate beneath. And as soon as it does that, there's effectively no way to really dry it in place, unless you're dealing with a very small, isolated area, then there's equipment you can install to extract that water and to dry out a small area of floor. But when it spreads through a good portion of the unit, there's there's no way to to salvage the uh, the, the engineered floor. How far did it come out here uh, at the end of the day? Did they describe uh, it? Because yeah. I'm standing on I'm standing on new floor here yes. too, correct? This yeah. is engineered flooring? And yeah, so it came basically out from the kitchen... And then I would say probably about three quarters of the way through the family dining area. All the way out here? Really? Yeah, kind of just seeped into the doorway here. Um, But unfortunately, because this floor runs, basically flows throughout the entire unit with no breaks, you you have to remove and replace the entire floor. And that was all just done from like while they were at work during the day? That's right. Yeah. 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 I know it's hard to project what they were thinking, but you've dealt with a lot of these people. Can you guess how they felt when they walked in here and saw that water? Well, seeing that they had already gone through this before, I, I think they knew that they were essentially going to go through the same experience as, as the first time with them having to move out, having to have all their belongings packed out of their home for a period of, you know, four to five weeks while all the uh, restoration work takes place. So That makes your job easier then, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, but not every case works out that way. For a lot of homeowners, this is the first time they're going through an experience like this, right? So, When you walk into a place like this as a project manager, what are you seeing or what are you looking for that the average person like myself might not see? Basically, just trying to gauge how far the water has seeped out into the areas because you can't always see, like there isn't always going to be standing water above the floor. So we have to use um, moisture uh, detection equipment to basically gauge how far the water has penetrated. So we know exactly how far we have to go with the removal work and the uh, and the drying. So what would I've seen here then uh, two or three days after your crew moved in here what what would this room have looked like you wouldn't all the floor would be gone um the baseboards and drywall you can already see that we haven't put back yet that's going to be happening uh, this week so we basically we removed baseboards on walls that had moisture that had migrated up the the wall so these walls here will have to replace the drywall at baseboard height put the baseboards back on um, and then the shoe molding throughout are the homeowners checking in with you regularly, to, uh, as they would any renovation? Yeah, or? pretty much by email with, with this homeowner. Some of them, in a case like this, they'll do maybe not daily visits, but they'll come back to their home every couple of days just to kind of visually see how everything is is progressing. How do you feel like no, that as a project manager when they're coming in? And No issues with that. No? No issues with that. It's their home. They can come back anytime they want. 
we're, we're happy to have them come by and, and, and check on the progress for themselves. Is it almost better to have them see the work as it's being done? Or I would say so. Yeah, for sure. That way, if there's any concerns that they have, they can bring them up while the work is, is in progress. Um, we perform the repairs in a, in a way that we, we don't expect them to not, for them to be things they're not happy with. But there, there can be things that they may notice that the workers or myself may miss. Let's say we're doing a drywall repair and the guys didn't, you know, sand and, and repair it properly. And we, we just don't catch it when we come in to see. The homeowner may come in, be looking around, say, hey, well, this, you know, this looks a little rough here. And, you know, we'll say, no problem. Touch that up. And <laughs> right. Can they be a little nitpicky, though, if you're being completely honest? Uh, some can. Yeah, some can, but for the most part, I'd say homeowners are pretty pretty good to deal with. Yeah, you're not always going to be on site as the project no, manager, so your no. crew is here. Yes. What? How do you train these people to deal with all of that outside of just yeah. the, the skills? What are you looking for in that person, that tradesperson? Yeah, my my team. To be honest, I've been using them for about twenty years now. I really? would say so. They're very used to working um, through these insurance losses, so they're very familiar with dealing with the homeowners. How is that different than if it was just a renovation job? They basically, that they're used to working in homes where um, people are living in them. They have all their belongings in the home. So they're not a typical renovation contractor that may be doing new construction or, you know, a small renovation or, or something. They're, they're very used to dealing with homeowners, working in homes where the, the, the homeowners are, are there. So how far did the water, did it come all the way out here as it well? Like this it, is... came, it came partway into the hallway here. Um, but again, because the, the wood floor runs throughout the unit, it, it had to be removed and replaced throughout. How do you convince the insurance company of something like that when it's just a, a slow trickle yeah. off the refrigerator over the course of eight hours mm. and you have to come to them and say, look, mm. it's not just the kitchen and the adjoining room here. We're talking yeah. about, well, the entire floor space. And if I were to guess, this is probably about... 700 square feet pretty close yeah yeah pretty close to that it, it really it comes down to the insurance company a lot of them have very strict um, guidelines that they, they don't allow flooring to be replaced in rooms that weren't directly affected by the loss uh, with this particular insurer they do cover providing that the floor is continuous they do cover to go into um, the adjoining rooms to, to match the floor. You must walk into a place like this then as a project manager, and you already know what insurance company you're going to yes. be dealing with. Yeah. And I'm sure there, there are times when you're bracing yourself because you know some are less flexible yeah. than others. Yeah, we, we just basically have to put that back into the insurance adjuster's hands. We, we tell the homeowner basically what the insurance company is allowing us to do. And if they have any concerns about the scope of work, and, and what's being included, they'll have to go back to their insurance adjuster with any concerns that they that they have. How do you balance that being that role as intermediary between the client and the insurance company? Yeah. And in your case, the tradespeople too. What's what how do you balance all of that? It it can be tough. It can be tough for sure, because uh sometimes no matter what insight we give to the insurance company about the, the situation the insured is going through, it, it's not enough. They, they just look at the policy and say, well, no, this is what we cover and this is all we're willing to do for our insured. So it kind of puts us in a bad spot. You're almost the bad guy in a e sense. Exactly. Yeah. Because we're only able to do what the insurance company will allow us to do. Right. So are you ever able to lobby a little bit on behalf of the client and say, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If we feel there's something that they're entitled to, we'll definitely do our best to 
see that they get what they're entitled to. And that's sure. a precarious balance too, it would yeah. be because you don't want to, exactly. you don't want to tick off it, the insurance company too. Exactly. Yeah. But we're homeowners as well. Right. So we, we, we know if we were going through that type of situation, what our expectations would be as, as homeowners too. So take me to that moment when it's all done and your crew's just cleaning up and you're leaving and maybe the homeowners aren't walking in or maybe they are, but you know, you're leaving them with their house that they can move into again. It's, it's a good feeling because obviously you've, you've been with them from the start of their loss to the finish. So you, you've seen it go through the entire process. Um, so it's, yeah, it's nice to see that the job done, be able to hand it back over to the homeowners and move on to the, the next project. What part of the job do you enjoy the most between dealing with the client, the insurance company, and just coming in here and hanging out with your crew as they're working? What part do you enjoy the most? To be honest, the mix of all of it. I, I love the, the whole experience. I love, I love speaking with the homeowners, um, walking them through the, the process, working with the trades, doing the estimates, managing the jobs from start to finish. It's, it's kind of each little part as a whole that's, that makes me enjoy what I do. Hi, my name is Steve Martel and I'm with TKI Novatech. You're listening to Across the Street, Across the Country. My thanks to Steve Martell of DKI Novatech in Ottawa for making time for me and giving his truck a bit of a rest between job sites. He's, he's already racked up more mileage on his half ton than most of us will in five or even 10 years. And hey, Steve says he's always on the lookout for new crew members, suggesting that if you're considering it, to uh, give it a shot. It's a rewarding career and DKI is an amazing organization built on integrity and trust. Indeed, DKI Canada actively contributes to creating a better future through environmental protection and social responsibility. Focused on leaving things better than DKI found them, DKI is committed to using environmentally sustainable cleaning products and mitigating risk in environmentally sustainable ways. DKI Canada provides services to insurance, commercial and residential clients from coast to coast. Whether it's an emergency response, water damage mitigation, fire and contents cleaning, mold remediation, or a complete reconstruction, DKI members are available 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. If you're ever in need of emergency assistance, the number is 1-855-DKI-TODAY. That's 1-855-354-2329. Our theme music is the fine, fine, fine work of Close Kicks, which you can also find on your favorite streaming platform. We hope you'll tell others about our show and please consider subscribing and give us a review. Across the Street, Across the Country is written, produced, and hosted by me, Denis Grignon. Stay safe, be nice to each other. We're back in a couple of weeks. I was 22 when I started in the industry. I'm in my early 40s now. And uh, yeah, I, I plan on sticking with this until uh, until I retire for sure. Uh, amazing company. Yeah. Yeah. Just a very, you know, close family atmosphere. Yeah.
I can't give it to you. 